A warm welcome today in this educational mini training. I'm going to talk about the power of our beliefs and placebo effect. You might have heard this from science. That means an intervention is not helpful, which actually is very important for scientists to, to know when an intervention actually does work versus when it's just kind of in our mind. But there's something also powerful about the placebo effect, which many times I'm not hearing people link this to actually the power of our beliefs. And there's a reason, one of my mentors told me, there's a reason why fulfilling our own prophecies is actually a thing. Because our beliefs are very helpful and they can be also very unhelpful. So it does matter how we choose. And all this thinking about beliefs, it goes all the way back. But in psychology, was first unpacked by the psychologist William James. And if you're in the life coaching arena, talking about thoughts and beliefs and the link with emotion is very, very popular. But there's a reason why this is so popular, because you and I can have a huge impact in the way we are experiencing ourselves, in the way we are coaching, in the way we're mentoring ourselves and others using the power of our thoughts and our beliefs. And this is especially important if you are a giver and especially if you have you're a faithful person, because this is the key. This is how the power of our faith is magnificently working in our lives. So I will unpack this today. And if you, you might know me or not, I'm Dr. Ioana Popa from Team for the Soul. And I have a multitude of backgrounds and, and I love through all my professional trainings to bring together science, psychology, spiritual care, chaplaincy training, and also the Christian faith, which I studied. I study the Christian theology, and I love to bring nuggets to you so that I can support you. I hope I can be a benefit to you so that you can get new insights, new ideas, new clarity, so that you can regenerate, renew, and continue to grow psychologically and spiritually so that you can give more to others and minister to others in your own way. So with that, let's dive in. I shared this elsewhere, but since I was 14, 15, I was fascinated by how the mind works. And I had the ability to read some of the early writings of Freud and Jung, which was kind of like underground, you know, Xerox copied bo little books that we were sharing with each other. But it was fascinating to think through that. Now, what I did not know is that even before Freud and Jung, there were psychological developments that were brought into the forefront. So for example, Dr. William James is not very necessarily very popular. You don't hear about it. You hear about Freud, you hear about Jung, but Dr. William James, he was what's called in the psychological world, a functionalist. So he was preoccupied to explore down to earth emotions, memories, willpower, habits, moment-to-moment -moment streams of consciousness, which is kind of like what I love too, right? How does this work from our inner universe? How do we think in terms of our emotions, our thoughts, our body sensations, so that practically we can renew and regenerate? And interestingly, many life coaches right now use the same principles. They might not be even aware that it goes all the way back to Dr. James. So he had this idea that beliefs are the fuel underneath our thoughts and emotion. This is the missing link. And I unpacked this actually in one of my courses, Befriending 
thoughts that it's inside of my program, Growing in Christ for Our Soul Community, where I bring monthly new courses. So one of the course foundational is how to befriend emotions, but this one is about how to befriend thoughts and the missing link. And this is the missing link that it's not always talked about. This idea of we have beliefs, we are conditioning stories, another way to say this, that we take for granted as the truth, which are fueling our thoughts and emotions and our actions. So how does this work? Dr. James talks about that beliefs are actually a mixture. They're either thoughts, so stories, that we say to ourselves over and over and over again. How many times when we fail, when I say, oh, you're no good. Oh, how stupid. Oh, I made this mistake once again. So those are conditioned stories. But just because we say this often over and over and over in our subconscious, in a dual processing brain, we start believing it and we take it as the truth. So a belief a conditioned story in our subconscious becomes the truth, so to speak. We take it for granted just because we encounter it all the time. And then we work as if we move, we take actions based on the subconscious beliefs. And this is where cognitive psychology really took off from this idea and developed powerful techniques. You can Google them, you know, how to change negative beliefs into positive beliefs. There's a list of black and white kind of thoughts and beliefs that we have that we can, once we identify them, we can actually replace them with more positive and more beneficial beliefs for ourselves. Now, another way that beliefs are formed are when these stories, so one of them is when the stories are over and over, so we hear them subconsciously all the time. We're not even aware. It's under our radar. But the second way is when the thoughts, the stories are linked with powerful emotions because of external events. So maybe traumatic has happened, a stressful event, maybe a loss and whatnot. And then there's a strong emotion that's linked to a story and that becomes a subconscious belief. Now, the power of our inner universe or us being humans is we have awareness and will. And just because we are conditioned early on and have those underlining beliefs which are running behind the radar, that doesn't mean we are stuck with them. There's so many ways nowadays that we can unlink them. And the fastest way that I found is that by stopping and pausing and reflecting what what's the underlining belief right now that I have about myself, about the world, about the other, but bringing this to our consciousness, we can realize that they're not true. And we do have a choice. And this might feel like weird. Like, how do I have a choice? Oh, it's just the belief. Well, as I mentioned earlier, this is how placebo effect works. So let's say in science, someone might take a medication Let's say there's a research study with a new medication. By the way, medications can be very, very helpful. So let's say someone is taking a medication and there is a control group and they take what's called a placebo, like a sugar pill. There's nothing. But the patient doesn't know. The researcher doesn't know either because subconsciously, you know, we can influence one another without even being aware. But just because, let's say, I take a placebo medication, in other words, I don't take the actual medication that could be helpful, by believing that I am, it has a powerful impact. And almost 50% of people can get better just by that. 
So in order for a medication, let's say, or any intervention, I mentioned grief recovery method, which now is evidence-based, right? Because it had that statistical significance. What this means is that, yes, we do have interventions that help, but guess what? We also have the power of our mind and our power of beliefs and the choice we're making that can also help ourselves and impact us. So if you have a belief that is negative, that is not helpful, just because you have it and it kind of occupies, I heard this expression, which I just so loved, it occupies real estate in your brain, in our mind, doesn't mean we have to believe it and we have to, we don't have to take it seriously. So this is the part of our choice that we can choose to believe something, or if it's not helpful, we can choose to discard it and not believe it as true. And this is the power of our faith as well as Christians. And I encourage you, if you're not a Christian and listen to this, to really inquire, well, many people believe in this. What is this all belief about? right? And many teenagers go through this, you know, they inherit the faith from their parents. And then in their teenage years or their 20s, they question. That's natural. That's healthy. It's really important to believe and look at what's the evidence. How do I really, really know? And this was me decades ago when I asked, well, does God really exist? But the question was, if he does exist, don't I want to know it? So that got me curious And then several things happened in my life that I knew it was not a coincidence, but I was curious. I was open. And then my belief was formed and shaped because of my experience. And I believed it. And because I believe it, I've seen miracles in my life, right? And I could choose not to believe and just say, well, I'm a scientist, so there's no proof for God. So guess what? God doesn't exist. I'm going to live my life and just prove my own point that God doesn't believe. But the question is going to be ultimately, what is more important for us? What are some of the beliefs that are life-giving? And if there is a creator of the universe, don't I want to live believing that it exists? Because if it doesn't, guess what? At least I'll have a happy life. But if it does exist, it will make an impact in my ultimate reality. And this goes true also for fulfilling our own prophecies. Let's say we have a negative prophecy. Sometimes as a parent, I mean, you might relate to this if you have kids. As a parent, right, I might have fears or my kids might turn this way or that way. Well, if I'm motivated by fear, ultimately, I could behave in such a way that will instill this fear in a positive or negative way, and it can actually fulfill my own prophecy in my kids. So, and that happens to parents. Many times the things that we fear the most, we see them in our kids or the things that we fear the most about ourselves, we see it in ourselves and it feels inescapable. So the ultimate choice we have is actually to realize that those are beliefs and then we don't have to accept them as the truth. We can choose what we accept and what we don't accept. So I really want to encourage you to sift through this throughout your day and really pause and wonder what beliefs are helpful to me and I want to perpetuate and cultivate like in a garden. What are the flowers I want to cultivate? And what are some of the beliefs that are more like weeds are not helpful, maybe conditioned. Even if they're there, I don't have to fight them because we can't fight them in a world. We cannot fight our thoughts. They're just going to pop in even more intensely. But we cannot believe them their truth. In other words, like I've shared with emotions, we can have emotions, but we're not just our emotions. It's the same for our thoughts and our beliefs. We might have thoughts and beliefs, but we don't have to. We're more than that, and we do not have to believe them just because they're crossing our mind or just because we're saying them a thousand times a day. 
we have the power to choose. And when we do choose and nurture certain patterns, this is how positive psychology works. This is how cognitive psychology works. It actually make a difference. And I encourage you also to consider your faith as well, if you're a Christian, to remember Christ's promise that whatever you ask in my name, God, my Father, is going to answer to you. He's going to already give to you. And he also said in another verse that whatever you ask already, thank God for answering your prayer. So this assurance, this is very is the key because it goes around the loop of our mind. Well, I'm praying. It's happening. Oh, it's not happening. Then he's not, God is not going to answer me. Then he's just go back and forth as opposed to, no, I prayed. I have confidence that God is answering my prayers because he said that, ask anything in my name, and also have the confidence that God already answered the prayers. I might not see it, right? This is faith. We we don't see it, but we know it's happening. And that is really, if you think about it from a scientific perspective, that's the power of placebo effect, right? So here we go. Several perspectives going down to the beliefs. And I hope you can feel encouraged and to really pause several times a day, examining your beliefs, underlining beliefs, and really pause. Is this a helpful belief that I want to continue? Or do I have another belief that's more beneficial? And you can enroll. There is a link to the waitlist team for our soul growing in Christ program so that you can deepen your work if you're interested. And if you have any questions or want to share anything in the chat about your thoughts, about beliefs or anything else that you'd like me to bring into these presentations, I would encourage you to do that. So with that, thank you for all you do. And I say goodbye for now.